Yo, check it out. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Then again, you probably already know that by now. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can find it everywhere. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast FM, Pocket Cast, and of course, right here on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash, spell it out, T-W-E-L-V-E dash K-Y-L-E. And of course, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com backslash, spell it out, T-W-E-L-V-E-K-Y-L-E. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at 12Kyle and you can follow the podcast at 12Kyle Podcast. And coming soon, we will be on Google Play. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. Today, we're talking about the Fugees, their album, The Score, 20 years later. It's kind of hard to believe that this album is actually 20 years old. Uh, You got to go back to 1996. So what was going on in your life in 1996? I know for me, I was actually still in college at the time. Uh, Music was kind of, you know, kind of crazy back then because the West still was winning. I mean, Tupac was still alive. Uh, He was on death row and, you know, Bill Clinton was in office and, uh, you know, the East was, was slowly but surely making a comeback. Uh, you know, only built for Cuban links had come out the year before and, you know, Mob Deep had been out. So, I mean, like there were Biggie was popping already. So, you know, the East was definitely making a comeback, if you will. But the great thing about this album is that nobody was making music like this. Uh, the Fugees uh, did their their first album was actually called Blunted on Reality. They're formerly known as the uh, Translator Crew. Um, Blunted on Reality didn't really sell the way that the uh, label thought that it would. Uh, so subsequently, people were thinking that you know they were going to get dropped from the label, and it's a good thing that they didn't because they went back in the studio and it was a, that was a pretty good album. I, I liked it, but uh, they came back with this album, the score, and I mean it was crazy. Of course, the Fugees feature uh, Proz, Wyclef, and my personal favorite. L Boogie, Lauren Hill. Um, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about, talk about some of the things I like, the tracks, the significance of the album. Uh, so we're definitely going to get into it. And then what they did after this album might surprise you. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Lauren Hill, probably the biggest enigma, if you will, in the group. Uh, I got to go back to like when I first heard L Boogie. And that's what I call it. I call it L Boogie. She's my girl love Lauren Hill. Let me let me just take you back to like the first joint that I actually heard her spitting on. And I mean, not only was she beautiful, but she could rhyme. And when I heard her rhyme for the first time, it just literally kind of just knocked me off my feet. I was blown away from what she had to say. Yeah, this is the Fugees, Refugees, about to take you on a journey into the dimensions of the book of basement the basements word uh. hey yo one two three uh-huh. the crew is called refugees uh-huh. and if you come for test the rap styly uh-huh. stop the violence and just bring it on why yo hey yo i feel kind of melancholy people think they really know me i keep my rapper by me while i drive my daddy's outie i pay the tone fighting for my own soul because the bourgeois type of mental sucks like a black hole but i remain a rebel based 
take it, send me back to Mogadishu. Cause I've been wild since I was a juvenile Afro. Centric profile, back with righteous rappers on style. That kid's a wilder, so I asked the bad guy. Trust me when I tell you that nobody was rhyming like that. Uh, and then, I, like I said, I think the thing that really stood out to me initially was that the fact that she looked good, but she could spit bars, man. So I was just really hooked. So I was really checking for her initially when they first dropped. And then subsequently, I started to pay attention to Wyclef and Prize. Uh, when the score came, I was really, really anticipating this album because I wasn't sure how it was going to sound or how it was going to look and everything like that. Uh, so I remember buying the album, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm tearing it off, tearing up the paper, uh, reading the liner notes, and then I start listening. And I think, you know, obviously because I was a bigger fan of Lauren, I was really checking for her. And I think that's one of the things that I think most hip-hop fans, even though we may not want to admit it, anytime you're dealing with a group and a certain, if there's more than two MCs, or sometimes even if it's two MCs, maybe there's one MC that you're checking for just a little bit more than the other. But in this case, when this album came out, like I said, I was surprised by what Wyclef and Prize actually did. Now, they, they you could never confuse them with, you know, Rakim or, or Cool G rap, but at the same time, I think they did more than hold their own with Lauren on this album. I think one of the things that's significant about this album is that at that particular time in 1996, you you had very few groups that featured women in their groups. And one thing that was really particular about this album is that not only was the woman in the group, but she was the lead of the group. I mean, like she clearly was the best in the group and you know, they they didn't come out and necessarily say it, but they acknowledged the fact that L Boogie, you know, she was she was going to carry them and carry them on most songs. And she did. And, and that's, I think, one of the things that really stood out, particularly for people who did not hear Blunted on reality. They didn't know how good this this young lady was. Uh, actually, she's great. So I think that was one thing that was very, very significant about the album. Also, if, if you look at the backdrop of where hip hop was, as I mentioned at the top, uh, you know, gangster rap ran ran rap. I mean, let's just keep it 100. It, gangster rap really, you know, took over. So really, when you had this album come out and the way that it sound and the, the, the vibe and everything, everything was totally like it just almost like they they went in the studio and said, you know, what, let's go left. Everybody else is going this way. We're going this way. We're going the other way. Um, some people call this alternative hip hop. I wouldn't necessarily call it alternative hip hop because at the end of the day, they were spitting. But from the production side of it, I mean, it 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 was hip hop. It was soul. It was reggae. You know, they had a Caribbean vibe to it. Uh, you know, dating to uh, Wyclef's uh, Haitian roots. Um, so, and this is a group out of New Jersey. So they, I think they they were able to really captivate people with that sound 
Because again, nobody was making this kind of music. Nobody. Obviously, this this album was critically acclaimed, widely successful. Um, they went on to sell six million records, uh, which is incredible. I mean, to to go from having an album that some people thought would get you dropped from a label, not that it was bad, but it just didn't sell, uh, to the point where you sell six million and you're on MTV and everything. Now, I mean, that's phenomenal. It's you you. That, that could never be duplicated, I think, not in, in, today's, in today's music. So I think you got to give the Fugees much props. Uh, this album was produced. Um, it pretty much was self-contained. I mean, it was produced by, obviously, the Fugees. Uh, Jerry Duplessis, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Salam Remy, John Forte, the great Diamond D, just to name a few. Uh, but for the most part, it was, you know, pretty self-contained. But the production was tight, man. I think when you have a group like this, you don't necessarily need beats that actually override what the MC is talking about because you want to understand what the MCs are talking about. Because Proz and, and Wyclef in particular, you know, they were solid MCs. So you wanted you, you didn't need a beat to necessarily drown them out, per se. And then because they infused the soul and, and the Caribbean vibe and, and reggae, you know, you didn't have to have, you know, some type of crazy ass beats. You know, as long as you kept the beats within the what we call the pocket, as long as the beats were in the pocket, everything was good. And and the great thing I love about this album is that this album flows like there aren't any misplaced tracks. I think the album just flows all the way through. There's several skits throughout the album. Um incredible album incredible album uh so it, it was pretty significant at the time that it came out um another thing i think that was very significant about the album is that it really took off commercially but it wasn't a commercial album like they didn't set out to say okay hey we're gonna be on mtv no, they, they, that's that's not even what they were trying to do. You could tell if you go back and sit and listen to this album and it has great replay value. Uh, you listen to this album is the albums are hour long, first and foremost. So that's great because, you know, you, ne you never want to sit through an album and, and be like, oh, man, is this album over? <laughs> Which can happen to some albums. But I think, you know, between the skits, they kept you entertained. And the, the album kind of play if you listen to the skits. And you listen to the songs they kind of play all together because the skits aren't misplaced so it actually kind of like a little small book i guess a little novel so i thought that was cool um as far as the tracks uh we'll go through the track listing the, the album starts off with an introduction by cool dj red alert <laughs> i know that was bad uh but shout out and salute to the legend dj red alert uh with on the intro um, and then the album starts off with uh, the song How Many Mics. Um, and I mean, Lauren sets it off on How Many Mics. She says, I get mad frustrated when I rhyme, thinking of all the kids who try to do this for all the wrong reasons. And that is so true. I mean, like there's so many MCs out there and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So she's, to me, she set the tone right then and there. I mean, that's it's very subtle, but she set the tone. And of course, the next song uh, on the album, The Smash, Ready or Not, uh, followed by Zealots. Uh, one line that really kind of stood out to me on Zealots was uh, um, Wyclef said, he kind of referenced to the fact that 
the rumors that we had heard or what people were saying about the album and uh, the previous album I should say um, the line goes something like girls should go solo guys should stop rapping <laughs> and that's what a lot of people were saying after the blunted on reality album because they just felt like you know when they heard L Boogie rhyme like they were like yo this 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 young lady is dope you know why is she with these two guys like they're not really upholding their end of the bargain and she's literally carrying this album um so i thought that was funny that why clef threw that line in there uh the next song on the album the beast uh the beast dealt talks about uh corruption government corruption and police brutality that's the the the, the main feature of the song uh, and I think if you listen to that song and you read the words to the song, I think you can apply a lot of that with with what is going on today. Uh, very, very deep song. Um, the next song on the album is the smash Fuji La. Um, I mean, what can I say? That, very few people don't like that song. It, it is a, a great, great song. Uh, very you know, radio friendly as well. But, you know, they killed it. And the video was dope. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, the next song on the album, Family Business. Very, very underrated track. Uh, that track features Omega and uh, Refugee uh, affiliate John Forte. Um, the next was the smash, uh, Killing Me Softly, which is a cover of a Re Roberta Flack song. Now, if you don't remember Roberta Flack doing Killing Me Softly, you really should check out that song. I don't know how you could have missed it, but you know some of you young whippersnappers haven't heard that song before, but go check out Roberta Flack's Killing Me Softly. Uh, I think like coming into this album personally, I think I knew that, long, I, I can't even remember if I knew that she could really, really sing. When I heard Killing Me Softly for the first time, I was like, at first I had to stop because I, I was very familiar with the Roberta Flack song, but I'm like, Yo, this is Lauren singing this. I mean, like, I was really even blown away because I knew that she could rap, but now I'm like, damn, she could sing too? And she's fine? Shit. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um that that song really featured Lauren in 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 you just knew right then and there that she was I mean she Lauren to me always had star written all over her, but you know, she she was really, really gonna take off from there. Uh, the next song on the album, uh, The Score, which is a very, very dope track. Uh, again, Proswell and Wyclef come off very good on this one. Uh, this was features uh, the legendary Diamond D. Um, the next song on the album is The Mask. Uh, very melodic right there uh, as far as the, the beats and everything. I thought, I thought it was a very good track. Um, the next track after that is the quote-unquote posse cut, Jersey in the House. Uh, <laughs> this one features Pacquan, uh, my girl Rod Digger, Young Z from The Outsiders, and John Forte. Um, and then the next song, Wyclef covers a reggae tune, No Woman, No Cry. And then the final cut on the album is the manifest and outro. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, let me get to some of my favorites. Uh, Obviously, How Many Mics is one of my favorites. I, I like the way that, you know, Lauren comes in on that. And again, I think I think Wyclef and Prizewell, people people tend to, it seemed like they used to just dump on Prize a lot. <laughs> and I'm not going to say Prize was a great, but Prize was decent. You know what I'm saying? Like he, 
key and I think he held his own on this album. I, I think, you know, because Wyclef and Lauren had a lot of post score success and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um I think people were a little bit more critical of Prize. I think Prize he, he he did he did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. Um I'm not gonna dump on Prize, man. I, I, I just I thought that he did a pretty good job on this album. Um Wyclef was Wyclef. Wyclef is he's gonna give you some funny, he's gonna give you some things to think about. Uh but I think you know Wyclef he is who he was and I think he did an incredible job on this album. Uh, so How Many Mics is one of my favorites. Obviously, Fuji La is one of my favorites. Um, another favorite is obviously Ready or Not. Um, when you hear Ready or Not, I mean, first and foremost, Lauren on the hook, Ready or Not, Here I Come, You Can't Hide. I don't know, like the first couple of times that I heard it, I don't know if necessarily, and I know that was a part of the song, but I also looked a little bit deeper into it thinking that maybe Lauren is telling people like, I'm here. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I am Lauren Hill. I am here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. You're going to have to deal with me. And that's just kind of like the way that I took it. Like she was, that was going to be her calling card as far as what she was going to do. Um, and she did a thing. I mean, like I said, as far as rapping and, and being on the hook. Uh, and then obviously, one of my other favorite songs is uh, Fuji La. Um, Fuji La, I remember the video, right? The, <laughs> the video has this little plot and they're running or whatever like that, man. But can I let you in on a little secret? Like one of my favorite parts of the video is where they're standing like in this courtyard. It's Wyclef, it's Prize, and it's El Boogie. And Lauren, she, she just has this look. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm a stan of Lauren Hill even though I might be. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's standing there. She's got on like this little tank top. She's got on jeans. She's got on Tim. She looks like a B-girl. And I'm like, when I saw the video, I was like, yo, she is the ultimate B-girl. I mean, like when, when, you, when you come up in this industry and you come up listening to hip hop the way that we did, guys are always attracted to b-girls and she was like the epitome of the b-girl she was smart she was the dope mc she could sing and she looked good i mean so you couldn't I, that look that she had in that video in that one particular scene just kind of rocked me i was like yo i am really really checking for her but it was a dope song man so i, I love i love the song love the video uh one of my other favorite songs on the album was uh cowboys uh, Cowboys, as I mentioned, with Rod Digger, another another incredible uh, female MC, uh, and Young Z and uh, Pakia Wan, and um, yeah, man. So I, I love the fact that one of my favorite parts on the album, on that particular song, was hearing Lauren and and uh, Rod Digger go back and forth uh, on Cowboys, and I think that was I, th I thought that was really really dope. Matter of fact, I'm gonna play you a clip. We're going to take a quick commercial and we'll be right back. So check this out, man. If you haven't heard this, this is this is two dope MCs kind of going back and forth. And trust me, I know you'll like it. Check this out. Cowboys, Rod Digger and L Boogie. We make Anyone approaches, we like noches, buenos, then I compose a poem with the many gunslingers, R&B singers, perpetrating guns with two fingers. My style is perhaps one of the foulest. 
smoke. Can't no other niggas in the barrio. From north to Ontario. Say that's when we in stereo. Cause me and Rashi rock the battles. It's apparent you're no talent cause you're blazing in your saddle. Watch these rap bitches get all up in your pockets. Then bounce with accountants that gave me good stock tips. Cause props is up. Niggas through the roof burning niggas like I'm 90. And for all your head beaters, bullet eaters, the cheaters soon to be retreaters. While mama seen us carry real heaters. I rock the doobie and L rocks the newbie and twist. Uh, Lauren, I want to ask you, how do you see the the role of women in hip hop? Is it, is it changing in, in the role and images that women are portraying, like yourself? Well, it's something that's always been there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and always will be there. I personally just, excuse me, Megan. <laughs> now, women in hip hop is mad important, and I see, I know there are a lot of strong female uh, role, not, I won't even say role models, just MCs coming out doing that thing in the future. You got women like Bahamadia, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, sisters like Entice. Sister like Trip, we're about to do a show with yeah. tonight. Latifah Big held up, up Latifah, the front, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Most definitely light. You know what I'm saying? It, it, they've always baby. been there. Whether or not they got the, you know, the um, acknowledgement that they should have, they've always been there. And just now, you know, perhaps somebody like Rage, about to get his first female album that goes platinum, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they'll truly be acknowledged by the industry as well as the world. Hey, yo, I and I means one. I and I means two. I and I means three with you. Get with my Fuji crew, I move like the phantom, stalking like the beast, I rise in the east, and if you f with me, you'll be deceased. Cause I bring peace, my brothers in the hoodie, uh. you wanna battle, bring your goodies, if you got beef, you know we're ready. I check my rap text, to find them niggas' dash decks, came to battle me, it shows the wrong And just like that, we're back. So this is what we're talking about today, we're talking about the score by the Fugees, uh, 20 years later, uh, the year was 1996, uh, significantly, let me tell you how the album was received. Uh, people love this album. I mean, like it was, you would be hard pressed, particularly back then, uh, to find someone who did not like this album. I think one of the things that was very important about the album is that this was one of the few albums in 1996. Well, there, there were more than a few, but this was one of the albums that didn't have a West Coast sound, that didn't have any production from Dr. Dre. Uh, so it, it, it was good and refreshing to see an album be a chart topper that didn't have any type of West Coast feel to it. Um, and again, for most people, this album was a huge surprise because most people didn't think that they would come back and come back like this and it'd be so well received. Uh, but I think the fans of the Fugees, if you were a fan of Blunted on Reality, then you you probably knew that they were capable of putting out a dope album because I think the first album was pretty good. But I don't think anybody saw this coming as far as the commercial success. Uh at that particular time, the uh, mainstay as far as hip hop was concerned when it comes to critics would be the Source magazine. The Source magazine gave uh, the score five mics. Uh, what do I think about the score? Hmm. It gets five mics from me. I think it's, you know, I think when I initially listened to it and when I started loving the album, Probably the only song that I didn't particularly care for at the at the time was um, was the uh, the Wyclef joint 
no woman no cry but but over time i got used to that because i'm not a big fan of reggae you know unpopular opinion <laughs> but uh but yeah so it, it was uh that one but there's on this album there's no skips for me i mean like this is an album that you can listen to all the way through this is an al- uh, album that i think even today all of the cuts as i mentioned earlier they fit in together they blend together they have a message in this in their songs as i mentioned police brutality they talk about corruption they talk about in the skits they talk about things that's going on in their black neighborhoods um so i think you know this album is you know well put together it is timeless i think it's one of those albums that here we are 20 years later and we're still talking about it and we're still reveling in the fact that how dope of an album it was uh so the source gave it five mics it's it's a five mic album to me i i don't think anything i don't see anything wrong with this album trust me uh, and like I said, it still has major, major replay value. So, and that's one of the one of the ways that you can tell if a mic, if an album is a five micer or not. You know, when you can you listen to it twenty years later, and still get something from it. This album, you definitely can. You definitely can. So, for those of you listening, if you have not listened to the score when you finish listening to this podcast, make sure that you listen to this album. You don't want to miss out on it. Um, so here we are 20 years later, uh, the score, it's all said and done. Let me tell you what happened after the score. Obviously, as I mentioned at the top, album sold a lot of records. Sometimes when you have success, things fall apart. The Roots told us that. (laughs) Uh, believe it or not, y'all, the group broke up. I know it's crazy when you think about it, but the group went their separate ways. Prize went his way. Wyclef went his way. Lauren went her way. Um, So it's as a fan, I think it's very disappointing when you think about it because they only made two albums. And their second album, which was their best album, is heralded as one of the best albums of 1996. Many in hip hop circles herald this album as a classic. And there was no follow-up, not as a group. Uh, Individually, they all kind of did their own thing. Uh, Prize went on to make uh, the song Ghetto Superstar with Maya and ODB. Um, He had another album come out in, I think it was 2005 called Win, Lose, or Draw. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I never heard that album. <laughs> and that's not to say that it was bad. I just I just never heard it. If you've heard it and you think it was dope, tell me about it. Hit me up on Twitter. Maybe we can talk about it. I just never heard the album. Uh, Wyclef, he moved on, obviously, and he moved on in a major way. Uh, since the score, Wyclef has recorded 10 solo albums. Um And Wyclef has been largely successful. Uh, He was nominated for a Grammy uh, for his Carnival album. That Carnival album was dope. Uh, Wasn't, you know, it wasn't the score, but Wyclef, you know, sold a bunch of records. I think that went, um, it went double platinum. Uh, It featured hits like Going to November, We Trying to Stay Alive with that old Saturday, Saturday night, uh, Saturday Night Fever theme and um, Guantanamera. Uh, so Wyclef, you know, he was hugely successful. Uh, 
I think the last thing I heard from Wyclef, and, and it's not to say that Wyclef hasn't made any music because I just know that he's made 10 albums since then. Uh, but the last we heard from Wyclef, he was trying to run for president of Haiti. Don't think that worked out too good. But Wyclef is still talented. He's still making music. He's still doing a lot of producing. Uh, personally, I would like to see the Fugees get back together and make it, make another run for it. Um, but it remains to be seen if that will happen. Um, since 1996, Lauren Hill uh, crafted her own album called The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And that album was heralded as being one of the best albums of all time by a lot of people. Uh, top 10, top 20 album, hip hop album of all time. Now, it gets kind of funny because some people will say that it's not a hip hop album because she's only rhyming on like two tracks. Nonetheless, it shows the versatility of L Boogie. I love that album. It's an incredible album. If you haven't listened to it, if you don't have it, you need to get it. Uh, if you don't have it, I don't know how you don't have it because everybody has that album. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, that album went, I want to say like five times platinum. She won five Grammys from it. Uh, she also subsequently did a MTV Unplug album. That was, you know, it was okay. Um, <laughs> but things kind of started to shake up for El Boogie at that particular time. She got married to Rohan Marley uh, and subsequently had a couple kids. Then she had a couple more kids. Then she had a couple more kids. And, you know, people think Lauren lost her mind. I don't know. I mean, I know she did a bid in jail for like three months for tax evasion. And, you know, Lauren is not, you know, I, I don't I don't know what Lauren Hill is at this point. I mean, like, I'll give you an example, right? Like, I live here in Atlanta. And Lauren was supposed to come here and perform, I think it was like a year and a half ago. And tickets were like mad high. Just, it's just Lauren. Just nobody else, no no opening act, no nothing. Supposed to just be Lauren. And, you know, from what I understood, she was just going to be sitting on the stage. She wasn't going to be doing any Fuji joints. She was just going to be sitting on the stage strumming her guitars. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I got the word the tickets were like $90 a pop. Word? Okay. Uh, I don't really want to drop 90, but okay. You know what? Let's do it. This L Boogie. I love L Boogie. This is my girl. So I'm just about to drop the tickets and then I'm getting, I'm hearing these rumors about she's having these shows and she's wigging out at the shows and stuff. And something said, nah, you know what? Don't get those tickets, B. And I didn't buy the tickets. One of my homegirls bought tickets to that particular show here in Atlanta. Let me tell you what happened. L Boogie showed up at the concert like two hours late. Not only did she show up late, but then she didn't want to perform. And I think they ended up refunding, giving people their money back. Like they never got a chance to see her. I would have been so pissed if I had gone to see Lauren Hill and she did not perform the hits. I want to hear the hits, man. I don't want to see you just sitting there on the stage with your guitar looking crazy. And I mean, like even her physical appearance, she does not look like the L boogie that I remember from the videos. Like, and not to say she's had plastic surgery or anything, but it's it's just different, man. Y'all know. I mean, I, I don't have to tell y'all. And I'm a huge fan. I'm still a fan. I just it's disappointing, man, because I think she has so much talent. I mean, she she she's an MC. She's she's a singer. She's a songwriter. I mean, she does it all. And just to see her kind of, 
you know, and I don't know really where to pin put, you know, where things went wrong. I do know this much. After hearing that Fuji's album, right, I think we knew, and, and, and Wyclef alluded to it as I mentioned in the Zealot song, is that, you know, people were saying that Lauren should go solo. Well, after hearing the score, we knew she was going solo. <laughs> I mean, like, that was almost like a, 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 a foregone conclusion that Lauren Hill was going to go solo. Uh, I think one of the tracks, uh, other than the, the singing and everything, one of the tracks, the, the last track on the album, I'll never forget it. When I heard it for the first time, I said to myself, this is it. She's done. Manifest. She absolutely ripped it. If you listen to the subject matter, what she's talking about, she kills the track, right? And you just knew at that point that she was done. Like she didn't have anything else to offer to the Fugees, you know, other than just being in the group. Like because she could have and would have been so much more successful on her own. And she was. The frustrating thing is, is that, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get L Boogie back. I don't know if we'll ever get Lauren, that Lauren Hill back. But I think fans like myself, we, we kind of hold out hope. And we kind of hold out hope that the Fugees will get back together and do another album. Um, in 2005, they dropped a song called Take It Easy. And, you know, was met with, you know, critical acclaim. People liked it. And the word on the street was, okay, well, they did this song. They're going to do another album. 2016 no album so i don't know man so it's a little disappointing so I, I will be honest as a fan i'd like to see that happen but the realist in me understands that it probably won't happen uh nonetheless man all we got from the fujis was two one one good album and an incredible dope album and if that's all that we have, then that's all that we'll ever have. And, and I'm okay. I, I'm as a fan, I'm okay with that. Uh, nonetheless, man, 20 years later, the Fugees, the score, incredible album. As I mentioned to you at the top, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you listen to the album, cop the album. You got to have it in your collection. Um, if you disagree with me or you have something to say, make sure that you hit me up in the comment section or you can shoot me a tweet at 12Kyle. Uh, we're going to close out. I'm going to play the manifest cut and then we're going to leave on Take It Easy. That's going to do it for me this time. I'm 12Kyle. Thanks again for listening to the 12Kyle podcast. I'm going to holler at you next time. Peace. hard once but the love wasn't returned i found out the man i died for he wasn't even concerned in time it turned he tried to burn me like a perm though my eyes saw the deception my heart wouldn't let me learn from um some dumb woman was i and every time he'd lie he would cry and inside i'd die my heart must have died a thousand deaths compared myself to tony braxton thought i'd never catch my breath nothing left he stole a heart beating from my chest i tried to call the cops that type of thief they can't arrest pain suppressed will lead to cardiac arrest diamonds deserve diamonds but he convinced me i was worth less 
when my peoples would protest. I told them about their business because my shit was complex, more than just a sex. I was blessed but couldn't feel it like when I was caressed. I'd spend nights clutching my breasts, overwhelmed by God's test. I was God's best, contemplating death with a Gillette. No man is ever worth the paradise manifest. Regin, don't cut me off when I'm going. Take it easy, 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 take it easy
Yeah. Uh, Kakadibidibidub box.